You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey y'all, welcome back to The Happy Gynecologist, episode number 86, Important versus Urgent. (laughs) I'm so glad to have you here today, friend. I really, truly am. If you're new here, welcome. If you are not new here, welcome back. I have to tell you, (laughs) I um, have had some stress in my life (laughs) and it's all about my dog. And so I have to tell you, um, as part of the backstory, (laughs) a few months ago in the middle of kind of the roughest part of winter here, we had this ice storm that was coming. It was like looming. They said the temperatures were going to be sub-zero. Everybody should prepare and like have extra food at home and like, you know, prepare basically to hunker down. And as I'm preparing for this, a dog shows up at my house, (laughs) a German shepherd, female. And just before we're supposed to get the coldest temperatures that we've had in a long, long time, She just shows up down at the entrance to my driveway and the poor thing, she was just skin and bones and kind of beat up and she'd obviously had puppies recently, Um, like she'd obviously been nursing and she was just sitting down like at the gate of my driveway and so I see her there and she just sits there looking out at the cul-de-sac like she's like waiting for someone to come back and get her Um, and so you know, so as part of the backstory, you know, I call all over the neighborhood, you know, nobody knows who this dog belongs to. We can't find the owner. Don't know where the puppies are that she's had, you know. And so I I begin to realize that maybe she has been like dumped at my house. Okay. Um, so I go and I try and see if I can make friends with her with some bacon and um, and I, and she's pretty banged up, but she's okay. Um, and just super, super skinny. So I, um, I convinced her to come up to, to the house and started trying to, you know, give her some, some dog food, some kibble. And I'm pretty sure she thought she was just like, you know, had died and gone to heaven. Um, she was so grateful for that. And, uh, you know, so, so fast forward, <laughs> A couple days later, this storm is looming and I'm buying a heated dog house for this dog I just met and realizing that no one is coming for her, of course. So we, um, so essentially we decide we're going to adopt this dog. Okay. Or maybe she's adopted us (laughs) and my kids, they call her Ingi. Um, and Ingi is now my German shepherd. And so now fast forward to now I'm, I'm the, um, gynecologist and irresponsible dog mom who kind of lost track of time, got kind of busy, and failed to have the safe sex talk with her dog. And now we are expecting puppies any day now. So that is where my stress comes in. (laughs) We are on puppy watch at my house. And I have to tell you that I'm like super nervous, you guys. I don't really know when she's going to go into labor. And you know, by the looks of things and what I've like researched, it's probably in the next few days. You know, she's been kind of nesting around, not eating much of her food, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I may or may not have tried to ultrasound her. It looks like we have at least six puppies, but man, it is hard to tell um, <laughs> on a dog. And so, you know, she wasn't into the ultrasound gel, but we tried. And so let me tell you, 
I just have like I have so much stress and worry about this poor dog. And I think because she's like my little buddy now, like she's like now just my my little, you know, uh, single mom who's who's just trying to make it. You know, she's she's kind of a, a miserable pregnant dog, too, right now in the Oklahoma heat. So we've got uh, we've, we're giving her a, a, a fancy birthing area, I think, for what she's used to. We actually um, put an air conditioner in the garage and she's got like a, a full on like bougie birthing suite. Uh, this go around, I think. So <laughs> So I um I was on call earlier this week and I was like texting my husband like okay I need to tell me what's going on with Ingi is she is she panting is she pacing you know like trying to get it you know get an idea if she if she's gonna have the puppies without me but thankfully she did not and so I am just amped up this week on puppy watch I have to tell you so I will keep you I will keep you updated okay um and so that's what's going on at my house this week so. I am all over the place. <laughs> I feel like I've I'm I'm more nervous about this dog giving birth than I ever have been about any of my patients or anything. I don't know. Uh, it's just like a whole new realm, I think. So, all right. Well, en- enough about my dog and my dog stress. But t- today, I want to talk to you about more than just puppies, okay? Even though that's very important stuff, I want to talk to you today about the difference between what is important and what is urgent, okay? Because just because something is urgent, like it's time sensitive, it doesn't mean that it is important, okay? And I think that this is something that we should really work on gaining awareness around. Um, because in the world we live in, you know, as OBGYNs, it kind of seems like everything is urgent all the time, right? Like we go through our day rushing around and answering the nurse's questions and getting paged by the floor, then paged by the ER, and then paged by radiology. And then we run for delivery. We rush back to the clinic, try to get through the rest of the patients. Maybe we rush through the charting. Maybe we avoid the charting because our brain is fried, (laughs) right? But, you know, so what I think sometimes happens is that how we go through our our work or how, how we interact with our job can sometimes condition our brain to think that everything that we need to do is like urgent and important, right? Like we got to do it right now and it's really important, even if maybe it's not, okay? And so what I mean by this is like if you're at dinner with your spouse and you're having like a nice long conversation, maybe it's about their work drama for once, (laughs) right? They're telling you a story maybe and your phone goes off. You aren't on call, but you pick it up, right? you interrupt your, your spouse's story to pick up the phone, then you've responded to the urgency of that phone call or of that notification, right? But in that moment, you have made that phone call more important than your loved one sitting across from you, right? Like in that moment, right? And then maybe the phone call actually turns out to be about like your car's extended warranty, so it wasn't important after all. So in the moment, your brain got confused, right? Our brains sometimes do that. Our brain doesn't always remember things like priorities, <laughs> right? Or what's important because it's so used to responding to one urgent thing after another. But I guarantee you, your spouse probably just noticed the difference between urgent and important, right? Because maybe now they feel less important, right? So... Sometimes our brains get confused and it places a lot of importance on urgent things. Like it, it 
thinks that just because something's urgent or getting our attention or is time sensitive, that it must be really important. Okay. And so it doesn't, you know, it doesn't respond or react sometimes in a way that makes us proud. Okay. And I think that's especially true for us as OBGYNs. You know, we're on call a lot and we're used to responding to things immediately. And whenever we're on call and sleep deprived, um, or maybe have some cases that are really, you know, adrenaline pumping cases, our brain then enters survival mode. Okay. And survival mode is where you're functioning from your primitive brain, right? And what I think happens is that our brain can kind of make this connection between our phone going off and things that need, you know, that we need to act on immediately. Okay. And so it, it kind of gets confused because it thinks that we need to be vigilant about the phone or the notifications in order to survive, right? For things, for us to be okay, we have to handle this right now, pick up the phone, you know? Um, and so I think that it, it starts to make this connection that any ping on our phone must be really important to survival, okay? So then maybe even if we're sleeping while we're on call, maybe we wake up and we check our phone to make sure we didn't miss something, right? Have you ever done that? Have you ever like checked your phone all night long? Like, oh my gosh, did I sleep through pages? And you check it and you're like, oh no. And like your brain is expecting the phone to go off. It's very vigilant about monitoring the phone. And so it may even wake you up from from sleep, which you desperately need. It may wake you up to be like, hey, maybe we should check it, right? Maybe some, Maybe we missed something, right? Just double check, right? That's your kind of survival mode thinking, right? That's that primitive part of your brain thinking that we need to make sure things are okay. And, and we have to, you know, we have to handle the things on the phone so that we can be okay or make sure that that is okay, right? And so sometimes our brains tend to get confused about the difference between something being urgent and something being important, okay? Especially outside of our job, right? So, but you can see where it comes from within our job, right? We do a lot of things that are both urgent and important, okay? They are time sensitive and very important. And our brain starts to kind of make some connections sometimes that aren't super helpful sometimes. And so I think that this is also how most of us go through our workday as well, right? Like you're just going from one fire to the next, trying to put, put out each fire as it pops up, Okay. And when you aren't aware of the difference between what is urgent and what is important, okay? So urgent is time sensitive, right? The phone rings. Well, you only have until it stops ringing to answer it, right? But the, the car extended warranty recording on the other end is not important, right? The person in front of you is important, right? And so I want you to think about that. Like if you aren't aware of the difference it doesn't matter if the fire that you're putting out is, you know, like one match that is a light versus a huge forest fire, okay? So if you don't know the difference between urgent and important or you aren't aware, you aren't cognizant or intentional about that, your brain is just like, well, they're both fires. <laughs> we got to put out the fires, right? And so I want you to picture this, like in your mind's eye, picture yourself standing kind of uh, out on a paved road, right? Out on a, a road out in the mountains. And on one side of the road 
Like you're like standing on the yellow line, right? And you're like looking out in front of you. There's this big forest on one on each side, right? And the, there's this huge raging forest fire that is that is burning, um, you know, coming towards your side of the road or coming towards your road, right? And so I want you to think about that. You're like standing in the middle of the road. You're facing one of the lanes. There's a big forest fire. It's billowing smoke. It's, you know, it's humongous. It's scary, terrifying. And then I want you to think about um, every so often, kind of out of the peripheral vision, you see either on your right or your left, up and down the road, maybe there's like a little tiny matchstick in the middle of the road that pops up and is on fire. Okay, just out in the middle of the pavement. So in front of you is this huge, out-of-control, billowing fire. And then to your sides are these, like, tiny little, one little flame, right? (laughs) Just from one match. Okay? So one fire is huge and dangerous and raging, and the other is nothing. It's, like, minuscule. Right? It's not important. It may even handle itself. Right? So if you've got this big, heavy fire hose that you're trying to use to put out all the fires in your life... And you're trying to fight the forest fire, but every few minutes out of the corner of your eye, you see this little tiny match um, over to your right or over to your left. So, you know, your brain just thinks that's a fire. And so you drag your big water hose away from the forest fire and you go put out that tiny match. And then you have to drag your big water hose back to the forest fire and try and get it contained, but it's out of control. And then out of the corner of your eye, you see a tiny match on fire to the other side of you, to your left, okay? So you drag your big fire hose and you put out that fire, okay? So when you don't have that awareness or that intentionality, I guess, that the, the tiny matches are not important, okay, you think that you need to address them, right? So the urgency of it being a fire is what drives us to want to put the tiny fires out too, right? Because fire is urgent, right? There's a fire in front of me. There's a fire right next to me too, Right? And so that's, I think, kind of how our brain can get confused about this, too, is, you know, it doesn't differentiate between what is urgent and what is important. It seems like it it prioritizes the urgency, okay? It's all fire. We've got to put it out, okay? But, you know, where is your attention most important, right? So whenever you're in this kind of way of thinking, like most of us are, I think, in our day-to-day, all you see is fire to your right and to your left and in front of you, you're going to be running back and forth between them, trying to put them out and dragging your big heavy hose, and it's exhausting. It's a huge waste of time and energy, and both, like, mental and physical energy, okay? And, you know, what we often don't realize in the moment while we're at work or maybe even outside of work is that sometimes the tiny matches, they're just going to burn out on their own. They're not really a problem, okay? They aren't important. They don't need to be addressed or handled by us right now. They aren't really a problem that needs our attention, right? They are a distraction, and so our brain gets confused about that, okay? So what are the things in your life that are like these tiny little fires, these tiny, like, one matchstick flame? Where in your life does your brain get confused, about what's important like that, okay? Where in your life does your brain think that the fire, it's fire, we need to handle that now, (laughs) right? Where is your brain confusing urgency versus importance, okay? 
An example of this in our real life might be like if you got a nasty gram from medical records. You ever got one of those? <laughs> I have. So, you know, you know, like the email um, that tells you basically like, hey, you're going to be on probation unless you complete your opto dictation by the end of the day. <laughs> right. That's pretty important. Right. So if you sit down, let's say you get that and you sit down, and you start dictating. But then you get in- interrupted by a nurse asking you a question um, about the clinic schedule. And you answer the question, you stop, you pause, you answer the question. And then you gather yourself and you start dictating again. Then you get a text from your colleague about trading call. And so you pause and you answer. And then while you're on your phone, you're waiting for them to reply back. You Maybe you check Facebook really quick to see what's going on. Like maybe you can find Meme Monday or, you know, like look at some funny memes or, you know, see what's going on in this Facebook group or whatever. And, you know, before you know it, you've been... You've been basically scrolling your phone for way too long and you realize you've been working on this dictation for 45 minutes without accomplishing anything, right? How many times does that happen to us? (laughs) I feel like this happens so much (laughs) and it drives me nuts whenever I realize it happens to me because I'm like, damn it, I just wasted 45 minutes again. (laughs) Thinking, you know, going down the rabbit hole or thinking that my phone and this text from, you know, uh, this text from my partner needs to be answered right now, right? So even my brain gets confused sometimes. But what would happen if we just ignored that text from our colleague for 10 minutes? What would happen if you waited to answer your nurse's question for 10 minutes, right? Does she really need to know about today's schedule or, you know, the clinic schedule right now in this moment? What would happen if you let the Facebook groups or the funny memes wait, (laughs) right? Because those things may be marked urgent to your brain, but they are not important in that moment, okay? They are the tiny fires that don't really need to be addressed right now, (laughs) if at all. (laughs) And so I'm going to be honest, you know, sometimes um, whenever I find this is happening to me more frequently, I'll like try and get it back under control, you know? And so I'll, uh, I'll communicate with my staff that they need to wait to ask me questions, okay? And it's so funny because sometimes whenever I kind of reinforce this, they figure it out without having to ask me at all. They'll be like, oh, yeah, no, that question I needed you for earlier. No, I figured it out. Right. And so sometimes the fires put themselves out if you get them enough time. Right. <laughs> so the little match will eventually run, run, run its course, I guess. And so I want you to think about this. Like, So often we're like, yeah, but I can't just, I have to answer their questions. Yeah, but we train the people around us to interrupt us by allowing it to happen, okay? By saying, like in the middle of our dictation, pausing and saying, oh, no, it's okay. Come here. What do you need? You know, we train them to interrupt us and help them answer every question. But what if we instead had them bring us a potential solution to each question, I want you to think about that. What if you made it a rule in your office? Like, hey, y'all, listen, if you have a question, I will totally answer it. But you are only allowed to even ask it if you bring a solution with it or what you think the answer should be if you bring that with you, okay? If you, you know, if you start, like, having that, that type of dialogue with your staff, it trains people to answer their own questions and solve their own problems instead of coming to you with every little tiny thing. Because I want you to think about that. Like how many times a day are you interrupted for stuff that isn't like 
you using your brain to medically treat someone. Okay. How many times are you asked about something like the clinic schedule or, um, you know, something, something just minuscule that someone else is an expert in, right? How many times are you asked about, you know, hey, would it be okay if we can move this girl here and this girl here? Well, yeah, it's fine. Like, I think it's fine, you know? Um, you know, how many times is there someone that's coming to you for a problem, maybe about the EMR, like, hey, what do you think, uh, you know, is this EMR thing here? Is this something you can help me with? You know, like they could call IT about that, right? Like, you know, what are the things that are interrupting you? Are they things that are like really seriously you using your medical ex- expertise in? Okay. And so I want you to think about like set some boundaries about how people ask you questions, how people interrupt you, when they ask you questions, when they interrupt you, okay? There is no problem with you making requests to your staff like, hey, I'd like to have this, you know, 15 minutes at the end of morning session to answer questions. So let's, let's batch them all up until then. If you think there's an emergency, please let me know, but otherwise we'll do it then, right? So think about that. Think about some ways that you can decrease the interruptions. You can train the people around you to not interrupt or not um, expect your urgent attention to unimportant things, okay? I want you to think about where else do you do this in your life? Where else does your brain get confused about what is urgent versus what is important? At home? With your kids? With your spouse? How else is this showing up for you? And how can you address that? Can you turn off the notifications on your phone? There's some really nice new settings in the iPhone, um, actually, that you guys should all check out if you're iPhone users that um, allow you to really program and customize the focus time. And I encourage that to anybody. (laughs) Um, I have all notifications turned off of my phone. Um, Like, I don't have emails that pop up. I just turn it all off except for if someone's calling or texting. Um, And even then, I turn the volume off if I'm not on call. And so it's not urgent. Okay. If they, if they really need to get a hold of me, there's a way for them to get a hold of me. You know, they're, I'm going to, they're going to figure that out. But, um, I just want you to think about that. Like what is popping up on your phone constantly? Okay. Um, is there anything you can quiet down because it gets your attention away from what you're doing, from the task at hand, from what's really important to you. Okay. Can you make it where the emails don't even pop up and you just like go to your inbox once a day to look at it? Think about that. Okay, if you have EMR or Epic or whatever notifications, I want you to really consider like, can you make it where you only go visit whatever that is once a day for a set amount of time, very intentionally. Okay, so I encourage you to turn off everything except for pages from the hospital while you're at work. Okay, you can check all of these other things whenever you get to a stopping point. But you don't need those tiny notifications distracting you from the big forest fire in front of you. (laughs) They aren't important. They seem urgent. They seem time sensitive. Sometimes they're not. Okay. But they definitely aren't important. All right, y'all. That's what I have for you this week to get your to get your mind just like turning the cogs in your head just going. I can see it. I can hear it now. If you would like more help from me, I want you to know that there's hours of free help over on the website. Okay. You can find that at coach-miles.com forward slash free resources um, where you can get access to hours of free courses and webinars that are made just for you. And I want you to know that that's always there. 
Also, if you ever, ever need to ask a question, reach out to me at amanda at coach-miles.com. I'd love to hear from you. All right. I'm going to talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, the Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com.